today you 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 really can't fall back on seeing is believing. And if your voice or my voice or anybody's voice can be uh, essentially fabricated uh, in a matter of minutes, sometimes even seconds, to the point that you can't tell if you're talking to a real person or not, that becomes a real problem. Kevin, um, a particular privilege and honor to be able to speak with you. And if you don't mind, maybe I'll take the first 60 seconds or so to... Um, to try to give appropriate credit um, and a, a bit of a summation around uh, your career. So it's, um, you know, as, as I've said to people, um, you know, fortunately, um, I've had the opportunity to work with uh, people who were truly uh, uniquely talented and far smarter than I. Um, I never had to be the smartest person in the room. In fact, I. I like to joke that if I ever did find myself in uh, as the smartest person in the room, I know I, I'm in the wrong room. Um, but uh, just for the audience, um, I've had the opportunity to work closely uh, with Kevin uh, as he uh, came out of um, a very, very um, wonderful career with the CIA. Uh, worked together at Goldman Sachs where Kevin helped lead um, the cybersecurity efforts inside Goldman. Uh, across a wide range of um, businesses and obviously threat vectors. Uh, then uh, left Goldman to um, join the SEC where he helped lead the SEC's um, efforts around cybersecurity and understanding the marketplace and many of the, um, we'll call it the important initiatives that the SEC now undertakes um, with respect to cyber uh, can be credited to the work that Jay Clayton, the former chair, and uh, Kevin and obviously others uh, undertook. Uh, then uh, a terrific um, tenure at ENY where helped stand up uh, one of their practices and um, uh, for just about two years, right, Kevin, if I remember correctly? Um, yes, David. Okay, and has now uh, become the COO of uh, a company called Reality Defender which is addressing the issue of deep fakes. And um, Kevin, whether you were in the private sector or the public sector, you very much um, always continued to do a lot of work in the broad public interest and obviously uh, work closely, no matter even if you were in the private sector with government officials to help agencies um, think about not only what was occurring, but what might occur. And that leads to our topic today. So again, thank you for uh, joining us and thanks for the work. And we'll get into um, some of the work of Reality Defender uh, in a moment. But I thought it would be helpful because uh, very often um, at Rain, obviously we're, we're trying to advise clients about what's happening in the world today and how to separate the signal from the noise. Uh, but no less importantly is the ability to um, help figure out what might happen next. As one of our clients said, it's so important to understand what might be on the horizon and, and, and beyond the horizon. And so it's sort of in, with that theme that very fortunate to be able to, to speak with you on a topic that uh, you have been focused on for quite some time and now, you know, we're truly, truly uh, leaning in. Let me start with a um, question for the audience just so we can level set this. Um, can you define uh, the term deep fake and what 
what are uh, deep fakes? David, first of all, let me just say uh, thank you for um, taking the the opportunity to, to to spend some time with me today, and and it's just a, always a great and honor and a pleasure. Every time we uh, we speak, I, I learn something from you and uh, and your colleagues. So uh, thank you for the for the invitation and being a part of of, of this podcast. Um, so deep fakes mean a lot of things to a lot of different people, but basically it's artificial intelligence generated media that depicts made up events. Um, and frequently quite realistically and, and increasingly, um, realistic, uh, uh, as as the technology and the capabilities uh, evolve, um, I don't know if there's a really an agreed upon definition, but it you know most most frequently refers to fabricated video or audio or images. Um, sometimes images of people that are made up and don't exist, uh, or people that are saying or doing something that they never. Uh, said or did. Um, and this technology uh, that's used to create deepfakes is, is, is a method called deep learning. It relies upon a complex computing system uh, called a deep neural network, uh, loosely modeled on biological brains. Uh, basically what happens is the, the network in, ingests uh, training data, samples of you know, your voice or your, your picture or your, your actions, uh, and then applies an algorithm uh, that um, you know, then creates uh, patterns from this, from this data. And it's, it's the use of those patterns that then generate this new synthetic uh, representation of a individual's uh, face or, or voice, and so you probably have seen uh, various applications, and they're pretty common these days. Uh, uh, just about any iPhone or Android phone, uh, years and years old, you can create uh, create your own deepfake video, and oftentimes that involves uh, like a face swap. Uh, you transpose your face or someone else's face upon the, the body or the features of someone someone else. And, uh, you know, for the most part, they can be fun and kind of interesting. Um, you can be, maybe be the star of a, of a, mu- of a movie or uh, some sort of other um, creation that uh, you put to, to, together. Um, but there's obviously uh, also the the sinister side of this. If you can create, um, if you can create things that don't exist, um, you can you can use it to, you know, take pictures. And, and there have been examples of, you know, people taking celebrities and uh, photos of celebrities and putting them on. Uh, inappropriate pictures, or they can be used by criminals to to uh, fake someone's voice and carry out uh, misdeeds of one sort or another. Uh, so uh, that's what we're that's 
that's where I think the the problem becomes uh, how 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 you use deepfakes or how deepfakes are used and what that what kind of a threat that poses to companies that come to organizations to you know society in general because if you can't tell the truth uh, from 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 something that's false um, there there creates some real dangers there. So, a uh, great overview, and I want to share uh, a little bit of our past, Kevin, um, and our continuing sure. work, which is uh, you have been um, very, very focused on um, the theme of simplification around cyber, simplifying yes. um, the understanding of what the issues are, simplifying the assessments of the risks, simplifying solutions for mitigation, detection, response, etc. And so I want to, you know, uh, apply a, a bit of, you know, that that very lens to this term deepfakes. And I'm not sure who came up with the term, it doesn't matter, it's, it's now the accepted term. But um, essentially for the purpose of this audience, uh, what Kevin is describing is the next iteration the next, um, we'll call it, disruptive technology in the, we'll call it the sort of information wars or the information landscape uh, by which people will understand the world or can understand the world, will drive decisions, drive opinions, and how um, potentially the search for the truth can be made that much more difficult to sort of separate what is real and what is not. And um, having you know learned and written and worked with Kevin, uh, I want to sort of remind people of a theme that may be redundant for uh, for you know the audience that's followed a number of these podcasts. But basically, the crimes that are being committed um, through the digital world, cyber world. Uh, are not new crimes, just the opposite. They go back to the, I like to say, the days of the Bible. Whether it's fraud, theft, extortion, blackmail, sabotage, uh, disinformation uh, campaigns, um, issues involving uh, what I'll refer to as ransom. Uh, so, you know, in this case, uh, data and uh, proprietary information. And all these things are well-known crimes, and indeed the groups that are committing them are at least generically familiar to us from the days of the Bible. They're individual actors, they're small groups of people, larger groups, you know, larger organized groups, and obviously uh, state actors and, and the people who are working on behalf of state actors and, and, and the sponsors. And what has changed, of course, is the acceleration of information, um, how quickly it can be conveyed and, and disseminated and spread. Um, analog, um, I was reminded by my son who did a research paper for, um, he was a history major, but just on propaganda during World War One, there was a time when uh, very provocative leaflets about all sorts of outrageous um, wartime criminal activity. Uh, was conveyed to people and to soldiers on the other side by dropping leaflets out of airplanes. Obviously, that's not how information is conveyed these days. 
and um, we've gone through a very, very difficult period of um, where terms like fake news, fake information, people seeing things and not being able to separate um, what I'll refer to or not having the tools and also because of the way information gets posted, there's no curation or censorship around this stuff. But it just, it's out there. And so, Kevin, is it fair to say that what you are describing is really the next frontier, the next iteration, the next level of sophistication uh, around uh, information and images and videos and how people will begin or may begin to see the world, understand the world, get their news, form their opinions, and, and obviously drive decision-making? Yes, David. I'm going back to something you said a little bit uh, ago, this is really about disinformation. And disinformation you know, started in biblical times, or maybe even before that, uh, organizations, nation states, uh, individuals have used um, uh, disinformation to their advantage uh, for, you know, for since the beginning of time, actually. And, and this is kind of just a higher order of that. Um, when I was at the uh, Securities and Exchange Commission, we were beginning to become concerned about, uh, about fake news and the ability of individuals or criminal groups or nation states to use um, fake news to uh, alter markets, um, uh, to uh, disrupt, um, you know, the the economy, uh, to to just throw into question everything that 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 people believe, and it wasn't it wasn't hard. Uh, it's not hard to use information to disinformation or fake news to uh, you know destroy somebody's reputation or destroy a particular brand. Uh, or people call into question the you know the faith of the financial system, and so that that's kind of where I became you know especially interested in in, in this whole notion of of fake news uh, and how easy it is to actually uh, conduct those kinds of activities and uh, deep fakes um, are just you know another iteration of that, maybe at a higher level, uh, a subset of, 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 of fake news, uh, disinformation, and it, it does take it to a higher level. You know, in, in, in the past, it, we kind of all fell back on seeing is believing. And if you could you know, see it, then it must be true. In the case of deep fakes, they kind of take that away from from, from society. Uh, seeing is not necessarily believing. Uh, it could be completely, uh, completely fabricated. And if you, there's a website, uh, you know, the one that I'm most familiar with is, um, uh, this person does not exist.com. And you go to that website and you click on, uh, the image and it turns into another image and it looks like a real person. Uh, and it passes many of the liveness tests that uh, exist today to, to verify the authenticity of, 
of, of, of a person's image. Uh, but it's completely fabricated. A person doesn't exist. And, and so today you, you, you really can't fall back on seeing is believing. And, you know, I know from, um, you know, some of, some of my past experiences that, uh, oftentimes, uh, organizations relied upon or people rely upon, well, I talked to David or I talked to John or I talked to, uh, this person and they told me to do, uh, this kind of, uh, you know, take this action or, 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 or verify this transaction or what have you. And if, and if your voice or my voice or anybody's voice can be, uh, essentially fabricated, uh, in a matter of minutes, sometimes even seconds, to the point that you can't tell if you're talking to a real person or not, that becomes a real problem. And so now we're in a situation where hearing and seeing, you can't believe it, uh, which I think that puts us in a, in, in a, in a very uh, strange kind of uh, situation and, and potentially a very uh, scary scenario going forward. So I want to frame this because I, I think this is an important message. Uh, people, um, obviously the, the continuing loss of trust in our institutions, whether our news institutions or institutions of government, schools, businesses, etc., is, is well documented. And there's a human, uh, what I'm hearing you say, Kevin, is it is human nature to to want to see something and hear something before you, uh, you believe it. Or uh, when you hear it and you see it, you really believe it. And so the Chinese proverb uh, about a picture being worth a thousand words, I'm hearing you say, if that if that is the case, you know, a video uh, is got to be worth exponentially more than a thousand words. And I find it uh, somewhat ironic, um, apropos, you know, your, your comment, there's there's a quote that's often attributed to Mark Twain, but uh, it's now been debunked, and I think it was, was also attributed to Churchill and Jefferson and a few other people about, ironically, uh, about a lie being able to travel uh, halfway, halfway around the world before the truth puts on its shoes or something to that effect. But that's basically, yeah, that's uh, basically the problem that you're framing it. And, and what, what I'm hearing you say is technology is already at the point where it is impossible for the average person to discern whether they're looking at something that is actual or that has been created. And if we are at that state, then the opportunities for people to create and I'll use the word spread disinformation, misinformation, is infinite and particularly because we simultaneously now have these platforms there was I, again I keep like I love to go back to the analog world with you Kevin where uh, there were only you know five or six channels on TV and a certain number of radio stations and they were all licensed and they, the licenses went up for uh, renewal and obviously there were rules about newspapers and, and publishing but in those days, there were only limited ways, uh, other than rumors, word of mouth, political leaflets, and things like that, by which uh, disinformation can spread. But in the meantime, now we have these these truly global platforms and instantaneous communications, and obviously, um, 
devices that we not only have in our homes, but that we carry with us through which we receive information. And that's basically sort of where we are right now, and that's, I'll call it the issue that you're framing. Yes, and I might even say that it's worse than that, uh, because there's been actually studies that have been um, conducted that suggest that if if someone sees a, a deep fake or um, a, you know an AI generated um, uh, image or video, they're more inclined to believe the AI. Uh, created version than they are the actual real version. Uh, so, so that 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 begins to present some problems. But beyond the the case of you can't prove that this, or you have trouble um, proving that this is fake. The reverse is also true. So you have to prove that true is true and fake is fake. And if you can't tell the difference, then then if if I do something wrong or I commit some act and I can then just say, I didn't do it. Um, uh, it's a fake. It's a deep fake. Uh, and, and if you can't sort that out and it were in a reliable way, then, then essentially anybody can do whatever they want, however they want, whenever they want. And that, that that's kind of where we we could go unless we can figure out how to 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 figure out not only what's that what's what's fake um but to be able to prove fake is fake and true is true okay and uh the search for the truth has a number of levels but let me let me unpack this and i want to i want i want to put this in context because not only are you suggesting from a standpoint of uh, national and economic security, this is an important issue, um, and the types of, you know, we'll call it the seeds of mischief and criminality that can be easily sown, no less in a currently tribal environment, making things even worse. Uh, but I'm hearing you suggest that uh, this is not just a governmental issue, but uh, companies that are competing globally and daily uh, in protecting their products, their brand, their people, um, their operations, uh, the ability to put out highly credible disinformation that is very difficult to both detect, uh, no less um, what I'll refer to as uh, for individuals to validate, that the opportunities offensively to use AI and these deep fake videos uh, in a very aggressive and proactive way. There, there are all sorts of opportunities. In fact, the consequences are almost incalculable for both uh, the government sector, but also uh, private companies, public companies that you know require confidence and trust amongst their clients and their stakeholders. Am I hearing um, your concerns correctly? Yes, um, I think deep fakes present. You know, again, it's a it's a it's a higher level of, of disinformation, fake news, um, 
whatever whatever term you want to to use there. And I think you know up until you know recently, uh, threat actors didn't have the, the the sustained capability to to essentially use AI. Uh, machine learning to uh, commit, you know, acts that they, um, um, you know, wanted to, to carry out from a from a criminal nature. Okay, and 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 so, um, but now these tools are pretty readily available, and you know, with a little bit of knowledge and um, technical capabilities or understanding. Uh, you know, the average person can do it. And, you know, some of the apps make it so easy that uh, really anybody with a, you know, a 10 year old phone can, can, can create, can create very, very realistic um, and, and defects. And I think we're, we're just now starting to see how, you know these these deep fakes uh, can be used to to for for um, nefarious purposes. Now you know there are, there are plenty of other ben- there are plenty of benefits to this technology as well. You know Hollywood uh, uses it pretty extensively, and you know we're all entertained by you know the creativity that comes out of the entertainment uh, industry and. Uh, of the the creation of avatars and and and, and so forth, the the potential there for for positive uses is, is pretty significant. So, the the technology is not going to to go away, but at the same time, we've got to find ways to uh, understand and know what is what is real and what isn't, so that we can protect companies. You know that may be become fall victim to a, a kind of a deep fake or a fake news uh, attack that damages their reputation or that, you know, that assists the, the help desk uh, personnel in knowing that uh, the person that they're speaking to is actually a real person, uh, preventing uh, you know, fraud that could be uh, conducted by a, a particular um, actor that, you know, impersonates um, uh, the the CEO's uh, voice and asks for a wire transfer to an account that doesn't belong to to to, to anybody but the the threat actors. And there actually have been cases where uh, that's that's happened. Um, uh, there was a one CEO in a, a UK um, energy company that lost two hundred forty three thousand. Dollars because he thought his boss uh, was asking for a, a, a wire transfer, and then you have you know, people that can just ruin your ruin your reputation for whatever reason by you know, taking um, uh, your your image and putting it on um, some questionable material or questionable activity and. and and then you know you can use influencers to make it even you know bigger than it already is. So so there's 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 lots of 
not so uh, not so good uses for for this technology as, as well. In addition to the like the whole notion of like figuring out from a you know a democratic perspective what's what's real and what isn't. Yeah. So um, again, I'm going to connect to the analog world so people can hopefully um, get a sense of what technology um, is building upon, what the foundation is. And so um, I believe, you know, in, in recent elections, there have been all sorts of videos released about candidates. I'm not going to get into a, a partisan um, discussion here, but uh, candidates that have uh, put into question whether they were uh, drunk and disorderly, whether their mental acuity um, became an issue, whether somebody potentially uh, had suffered a stroke, uh, needed help, or whatever. And that was more, I, I guess, Kevin, more the traditional Photoshopping type of thing, not, you know, not advanced AI and where we are with deep fakes. Uh, from a Hollywood standpoint, and look, uh, Facebook is now meta, and a whole meta world is being created, and all this technology will be fun and entertaining and engaging and all that stuff. Um, and for those of you who I don't want to date myself, but the, the movie Forrest Gump with Tom Hanks, uh, there were numerous scenes where um, um, the character played by Tom Hanks is uh, playing ping pong in China, uh, is uh, getting an award, I think, from Wyndon Johnson and other uh, situations that uh, amazed and, and uh, audiences and made them appreciate the movie even more. Um, so it's sort of that kind of foundation, Kevin, that um, these deep fakes are building upon and the ability to place people, uh, have them say things that they haven't been saying and things like that. And so uh, recognizing the positive things are clearly um, a number of negative things that one has to uh, think through. Uh, I do want to go back to something you said uh, a few minutes ago about uh, people being even more inclined to believe a deep fake than when they're actually seeing um, a real video, uh, something that has portrayed an event. And I'm reminded uh, of the classic movie Rashomon by the Japanese director Kurosawa, in which people witness, different people witness uh, the same event, um, but walk away with very, very different impressions of what they have seen, uh, all of which are actually plausible. And so if you could maybe expand a little bit about um, deepfakes and why they are so believable or maybe even more believable than what witnessing. And I want to remind people, uh, we'll have some subsequent uh, conversations with Kevin about this, but no less important uh, is the, um, our legal system, whether criminal courts or civil courts, that often heavily rely on evidence that the only evidence, while they know, you know people take the stand and they get cross-examined, uh, very often the evidence they rely upon in returning a verdict, whether again in a criminal case or a civil case, are the videos and what supposedly people have taken and the ability to um, know what sort of juries and courts can count on, no less what we as consumers of news and information can count on, is also implicated by uh, the issues that Kevin is raising. 
but anyway, Kevin, just you know, go back to that statement, which I thought was pretty profound about um, sort of B fakes being more believable than you know seeing the actual photo or actual video. So uh, I don't know that I have a, a really good explanation for 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 why that is ca- the case. Um, the the technology has has advanced and continues to evolve in a way that uh, makes it you know very very believable and you know sometimes we 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 as human beings you know believe what we want to believe and even if you know in some cases we know that it's not. I think there's a little bit of, of of that, and and so you know when you have a deep fake that contains some sort of disinformation, if if the, the the person or the individual is saying something that we believe, then we're going to naturally you know align to to that probably versus something that else that is being said. Um, but I, I I would say that. You know, in addition to the the technology evolving and continuing to improve, you mentioned you know a few moments ago, uh, you know some of this you know heavily photoshopped images and, and videos, or this you know carefully splicing, uh, slowing up or down of, of you know an individual's voice. Uh, to to kind of change the content, so so in some ways that's re- that that actually is real. It's just been altered in a way that uh, you know conveys a, a different message than what was intended, and and so I, I think some of that we should not underestimate as uh, as well as you know a, an assault on on the truth. Uh, and and we need as we, we we go forward, we need to to build capabilities and understanding of you know the threat that deep fakes pose, uh, and and you know in addition you know use all available means you know technology software whatever training uh, you know tighter rules around compliance uh, of. You know, act, you know, before you send your wire transfer, you check with another person, or you you follow those kinds of procedures. There are things that we can can do, but but I, I think I, I think this has become a part of uh, of the life we live in, and we need to to really think about what we're going to do to 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 counter it and and protect ourselves from being taken advantage of by by Images, video, audio—that's uh, that's 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 not true. And and I would say right now those you know cheap fakes, if you will, pose an even greater threat to, to than 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 deep fakes. Um, although the technology on deep fakes is going to continue to improve, increase because there are literally thousands of uh, of individuals and organizations that are working on making deep fakes more uh, real and and better. And, and you know, a fraction of of, of that that number is actually looking at uh, uh, detection capabilities. Good segue into um, your recent decision uh, to help lead 
a company, uh, Reality Defender, and unlike many company names, Kevin sort of the, the name of the company you know speaks to the mission. Uh, tell us a little bit about sort of what you're doing, uh, what you're the technology you're applying, um, and I like to think around every um, new idea. There, there are four basic questions, which is uh, what are you doing, why are you doing, why now, and uh, with whom. Um, and so um, I think we understand why you're doing it and uh, why now um, because of where technology is. But tell us a little bit about what you're actually doing and uh, whom you're working with um, on this uh, very important initiative. Thank you. Um, uh, so Reality Defender is a startup. It's been a, uh, or about a year, I guess, old. Uh, it was the creation of uh, Ben Coleman, and uh, uh, he's the founder, um, along with uh, a couple other folks, uh, Ali and uh, and Gorov. Um, uh, they they were together at the AI Foundation um, about a year ago, and they were working on uh, trying to come up with you know one model that they could they could build to. Um, find and, and detect uh, deepfakes and they they quickly decided or came to the realization that there was no way to use just one model or one one specific technology to to tackle the the rather enormous um uh challenge that uh, deepfakes deepfakes of video deepfakes of images deepfakes of audio um you know create and so they 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 came up with um, this ensemble of models approach where you essentially uh, leverage the, the capabilities of uh, the worldwide community, if you will, uh, but researchers around the, uh, the globe that are working on deepfake detections and try to bring in as many of those models that, uh, that exist uh, together, uh, so that we could, uh, you know, tackle the, the problem of deepfakes in a, uh, you know, more robust uh, and comprehensive way. And so, you know, they, they, that was the notion of um, of, uh, of Reality Defender. And 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 when Ben told me about uh, about this idea uh, last summer. Uh, ben and I had uh, worked together at uh, Goldman Sachs, and um, you know we both both left and went on to do uh, other things, uh, but we stayed in touch. And um, you know Ben's a, a serial entrepreneur, and um, so when um, when he he told me about it, I, I kind of jumped at the the opportunity. And you know since that time, uh, we have um, we've built a, a platform. Uh, on which uh, we can place you know, really any number of models um, uh, and you know build this kind of web app that allows you know you to place a link to a video or an image uh, or you know upload a file uh, and then in a matter of, uh, of seconds um, it produces you know results from from this ensemble of, of models and um, 
it's very much a work in progress still. It's a very, very difficult challenge uh, to get the, the accuracy right, um, not to create uh, you know, false positives or false negatives, uh, make sure that the error uh, rate is low. Uh, but you know, we're, we're leaning into the challenge as best we can. Uh, and uh, I would say that the response from the research community or, or really around the world has been uh, extraordinary. And, um, and so, you know, every day we hope it's a little better, um, a little faster and a little uh, uh, more air free. And, and um, we're, we're trying our best to take on uh, uh, this challenge and, and, and leverage the, you know, not only the, you know, the, the resources of, of Reality Defender, but essentially the, the research community. Kevin, fair to say, um, difficult issue. You're trying to build technology that will simplify um, the ability to discern what is real and what is not um, for uh, viewers, but also for the platforms uh, amongst the most difficult challenges, of course, and, and you can read this in the headlines on a daily basis, that uh, companies like Facebook and uh, Twitter and uh, obviously the uh, Google with its YouTube flat platform uh, is about, you know, whose information gets out there and um, how do you protect consumers and how do you ensure that... Uh, we'll call it false information is not being propagated and criminal activity is not being facilitated. And um, so I just sort of applaud the effort and hopefully you can keep us abreast as you do make progress. Uh, I will note also that part of your model as I've worked with you has always been a broad collaboration. So uh, the ability to take in um, what I'll refer to as the expertise of others and ideas and import technology for the greater good. Um, sounds like that's no less a part of Reality Defender's model, Kevin. Yeah, I, yes, it, it, it is. And um, <clears throat> I think um, it's a pretty small community right now still of people that are working on, on this um, particular problem. <clears throat> and um, uh, we know most of them now. Uh, you know, we have pretty regular uh, communications with um, with you know other companies that are are, are working this this problem, and and I think generally uh, there's a desire across the, the spectrum to 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 cooperate and and collaborate uh, because I, I I just think that there's there there's so much. Um, so much room for uh, improvement <laughs> and and the challenge only gets um, um, you know harder as 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 we go forward I mean I think one of the the most most you know frustrating aspects of all this is is that you know you can be you could have solved the problem today with a particular model that you know gives you the accuracy that you want. And then you know the the actors make a, a change or um, 
take a, a slightly different approach and then the models don't work anymore. And so you, you constantly have to uh, be tuning them. You have to be looking for, you know, the, the, the newest um, uh, technology or the capability that, that will allow you to, 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 to continue to, to detect uh, deep fakes. And, and so, we really need everybody to, to participate in this. And, and I think there, there are plenty of things that, that each of us can, can do uh, ourselves personally to, to protect uh, our organizations, our, 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 our personal interest. And, you know, just if nothing else, be aware of the problem and be conscious that, you know, that could be a deep fake. Um, uh, or that that particular voice could be could be false, and 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 you know just make sure that you know you're constantly thinking about um, you know is it is it is it real or is it fake? Kevin, I want to uh, thank you again for jumping on this podcast, um, and uh, obviously jumping into this issue, uh, which has uh, profound implications for all of us as citizens, and I don't care whether you're leading a government agency or, um, or corporation, whether you're a consumer or a provider of news and information uh, platform hosting it, uh, this really is a shared risk that we all have and that we all need to own. And um, uh, lest we need a more immediate reminder of why this is important, um, everything that's going on right now uh, in the Ukraine, uh, yes, there's a military conflict, but there's also an information war. And uh, for those people who are following this, um, people in Russia are consuming information very differently than the people in the Ukraine, very differently than the people in the West. And there's a narrative that's being told to around the world uh, that, you know, is, I'll call it almost... Uh, uh, completely uh, in opposition uh, to each other. There's nothing nuanced uh, about uh, the war, the stakes, the reasons for it, and uh, what is occurring. And uh, a fair amount of disinformation has uh, surfaced. Uh, so um, the important role that truly good journalism plays, but uh, obviously, um, you know, technology has become more and more disruptive around uh, journalism, as we, we know. So um, I think it's a, a very immediate and hopefully very um, understandable um, reminder of why uh, the work you're doing, Kevin, and, and the work that other people have and will be doing around this issue is of really fundamental importance. So uh, again, thank you uh, for your time and thanks for the continued effort. Look forward to a uh, an additional conversation or two. Yes, David, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure and a privilege and an honor always to, to participate in your uh, thoughtful conversations and, and these podcasts. So, so thank you very much. It's, uh, I really appreciate it. Okay, okay. without this being a cliche, Kevin, thanks for, thank you for your service. Thank you.